today. And, uh, thank, thank you all for your patience. Uh, I don't have the endurance I used to have, <laughs> which I hate to admit. And uh, uh, thanks to all who taught while Cindy and I were gone for a couple of weeks. And then we also had um, a, a break from teaching for a while. So it's good to see everybody. Good to see Nancy back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing the class. <laughs> it wasn't me, it was that bad. Oh, okay. Thanks for bringing them in. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, I don't have a microphone. They're going to get me a microphone. I'm rusty. So, here. Um, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 1. Um, Facts concerning how Proverbs is uh, constructed and what is done there. Okay. So everybody's got a handout, and uh, we'll resume uh, Colossians in um, February. That's that's pretty good. That's probably too much. I think. Okay. I think you might back me off a little. Is that too loud? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's probably too much now. <laughs> Would you lead us in prayer, Brother Steve, and ask? Uh, Proverbs are, can be challenging. There's some deep, deep truths here uh, that uh, that we all can see as we read. Pray for our study this morning. Thank you, sir. Gracious Lord, Father, we want to thank you for just the opportunity to be here for our home, Lord, Lord, for a church you can come to and to worship you, Lord. We want to open our minds and our hearts to the truth of your word, Proverbs, as Scotty already said, it's a little difficult. Lord, sometimes it takes a little bit of digging and just give us a willingness and a boldness to do that, Lord. Lord, thank you for Scotty being better, able to teach again, Lord. I thank you for just being a God who cares for us. Help us in our study, Lord. Illuminate our minds and our hearts through the power of the Spirit so we can learn what we need to, Lord, and change our lives. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, and again, I want to say thanks to all who taught while I was gone, enabled me to be gone, and I appreciate that very much. And uh, thank you. I got to hear some of you teach, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh, to learn learn new things and hear the passion of others about God's Word. So hopefully everybody's got a handout now. And uh, if you look at the handout, it's a very simple handout because I really want to focus on what you've been reading. Uh, so the uh, introduction here, we've been reading Proverbs daily in January. And what I love is, you know, on the first you start chapter one and on the 14th, you read chapter 14, you can't remember, you can't forget what day it is, what, what chapter you're on, because I always forget what chapter I'm on, because it's the, day, it's, the, it's the calendar day of the year. So we're doing this project, which I really love, uh, 31 Days of uh, Proverbs. Now, I even wrote this down in, in, in the handout, because I really liked what Pastor said in his handout that he gave out for Proverbs for us to use to study by he said, he challenged us, I want, this is Pastor Scott, I want 2024 to be a year of spiritual growth for each of you, speaking to us as, at Elmira Baptist Church. Spiritual growth requires faith, and faith requires hearing God's word, and God's word is powerful. But for the Bible's power to work in our lives, we must read it, Study it, meditate on it, and faithfully apply it. That means live it, right? So <clears throat> that's the function. 
Now, I told you to turn to Proverbs 1. Flip over to Proverbs 14 here, and we're going to read that so that you have today's Proverbs read. If you're doing it more than once, you can read it later, but we want to read today's Proverb 14. Is everybody there? And what I'd kind of like to do is... Uh, It's a long chapter, but we want to, there's 35 verses, but they're short verses. So I'm going to read five verses, and then um, Brother Steve, would you read uh, 6 through 10? And then, Brother, would you read 11 through 16? Okay. And then, Cindy, would you read 17 through 21? Okay, I'm not writing this down, so if you forget. Okay. And, Steve, would you read 22 through 30? I gave you a longer... I'm oh, not Steve, I'm sorry, Chuck. 22 through 30? Okay. And... Um, and I'll... I'll finish up on from 31 to 35. Okay. Okay. So, so we're in Proverbs 14. Now we're just reading as if we were reading this at home and looking at it. Um, and we can make commentary. We could comment on it afterwards. But let's just read it through. So, uh, Proverbs 14. This is... Uh, a contrast between righteousness and wickedness. Every wise woman build, buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. But he that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. But he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the, by the strength of the ox. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. A scoffer, in the King James, that is a scorner. What? Oh, so thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I told you. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know? Go ahead. The scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. The knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is understanding his way, or understand his way, but the, the folly of the uh, fools is deceit. Fools make a mock of... Uh, at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. The heart knoweth his own uh, bitterness, and the stranger doth intermittle with his joy. Doth not intermittle with his joy. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider of the heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his goings. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil <coughs> before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Do they not err that devise evil? but mercy and truth shall be to them that divide good. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only penury. The 
crown of the wise is the riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, apart from the snares of death. In the multitude of people is the king's honor. In the want of people is the destruction of the prince. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. He that is hasty of spirit exalted folly. The sound heart is the life of the flesh, envying the rottenness of the bones. Okay, and I'll finish it up. He that oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous has, hath hope in his death. Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that hath understanding, but that which is in the midst of fools is made known. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. Now, there is so much in that passage that we could probably spend the rest of the year talking about that and even longer. So my intention was not necessarily to, uh, to comment on that, but did anyone see anything in that passage that they uh, wanted to comment about? I'd like the, the righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I thought, I thought that was a, something that uh, would... Uh, be worthy of looking at given our present situation. Um, much, much wisdom here. And yes, 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 man's way is usually not God's way for sure. Uh, and that's why we need to. That's why we need to appropriate wisdom, so that we won't go our own way. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone each his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Going our own way is often sin, and um, this is really a good passage to to remember. And there's there are literally hundreds of these wonderful bits of wisdom that Solomon provides for us to help our daily conduct. So, you, any others? Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah, that's, yes. You know, um, I went to a class, I went to survival training in Spokane, Washington, and they had this whole agenda, and part of the thing was they had you go. They had you learn all of this stuff about survival in the jungle, and because they took us over to northern Idaho, which was like a jungle <laughs> in some areas, the Ponderay Game Range, and uh, it was beautiful. But boy, we couldn't enjoy it because they had you making all kinds of stuff for survival. Luckily, I didn't go when it was snowing because they would have you make snowshoes and all this stuff. And that'd be okay if you were doing that at a leisurely pace. But you know, the military doesn't like to do that. <laughs> they they put all this pressure on you. And, and but lo and behold, there was a guy that was about two weeks ahead of me in that group, and I would talk to him, and he'd say. Hey, Scotty, this is going to happen to you. They're going to do this. And you're going to go through an obstacle course that they're firing, they're, they're firing bullets on top of you, so you better crawl, you know, and all of this stuff. And then you get to the end, they capture you, and they put you in a POW camp. And this is what they're going to do. And they're going to take somebody that does real well in the interrogation and make them the, the camp uh, stool pigeon and and tell on everybody else so they can give people a hard time for training and so 
I knew exactly what was coming. And because I had confidence, because I already knew what was going to happen, I just kind of floated through that course because it took all the pressure off because it wasn't a shock when they grabbed you and say, okay, dummy, this is what we're going to do to you. We're going to go do that, you know. And you're, you're doing it without having mentally prepared. And uh, so, you know, uh, the, the point is, is that um, in our fear of the Lord, or trusted him. I kind of trusted in that guy to keep me informed of what was going on and give me give me an idea and help help give me some ideas of how to get through it. What are they looking for so I wouldn't make mistakes. But in the you know, we already know that in the fear of the Lord is wisdom. But here it talks about in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. Um, that the, the, the people that fear the Lord are the ones that are saved. His children here, okay. And uh, in this context, the children of Israel, in our context, the saved ones who have the Holy Spirit within to enable, to enlighten them. And, uh, um, and I had strong confidence when I went through that course because I knew what was going to happen. But we have strong confidence because we know we have the Lord as our resource to help us. And uh, his children will have a place of strong refuge. I love that. <clears throat> Or a, a place of refuge, rather. So, we have refuge in the strong arms of the Lord. Other, that's, that was a good one. Thanks for pointing that out. And these things bring comfort. In much like the Psalms, these things bring comfort to you at difficult times. Uh, any others? Yes, sir. Yeah, it seems funny. You you might laugh, but number four always stuck in my mind. Verse four. Yeah. That's a young Christian man. It says, uh, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. It's referring to the fact that animals are messy, and when you have to clean up behind them, it can be very uh, kind of a drudgery. But notice it says, but much increases by the strength of the ox. So they're necessary. And I always think of that as a Christian worker. Dealing with people is very difficult. Yes, and, yes. And laborious. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't seem very rewarding. Yes. God always rewards. And the fact is, is that the body of Christ, if we work together, yes. we become very strong. Yes. Such wisdom. That, that's great. Um, I remember going to church in Guam, of all places, and meeting an elderly couple, uh, and I was in my 40s at that time, and meeting an elderly couple <clears throat> that just exuded that kind of wisdom uh, and that we've read here. And I thought, man, I'd like to be like these people. You know, they really know what's going, what, what the Lord is doing. And as a result, they have applied it to all these situations, uh, which is wisdom. And uh, when I heard you talking, you know, uh, I love the, uh, Charles Ryrie has a note on that verse that says, um, there's no milk without some manure. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. There's no milk without some manure. See, there's a, there's a, there's a proverb right there. Uh, there's no milk without the manure. Some disturbance is the price of growth and accomplishment. And you know, working with the uh, with the oxen and the, and the and the pigs, especially, you know, there's just there's a lot of laborious things. But there's a there, but there's profit from it. And we know spiritual profit. And a lot, these things give us so much wisdom, and they really help us in times of trouble. Um, so thank you all for uh, pointing those out. Um, so under questions, so we've read Proverbs 14. So you've read Proverbs 14 and talked about it a little bit. And, and, um, and I, uh, so my question to you you don't have to raise your hands. I won't embarrass anybody. But have you been reading Proverbs? I know Cindy and I, great. Go oh, good, good, good. Cindy and I have been doing it. Uh, and uh, so it's funny. She sees things that I don't see, which I really love. And she has a she has a finely tuned radar that covers a lot of bandwidth. And mine's pretty narrow. And uh, so... See, that's really been helpful to be able to discuss that with her. And we've had, we've had fun doing that. And... Uh, then um, well, I'm glad that you're all doing that because the purpose of that is so that we can be wise and to be um, get spiritual growth. And uh, that requires a little effort, as Steve pointed out 
in that Proverbs 14.4. So um, now how many of you plan to continue? I'd like to see a raise of hands. How many of you plan to continue to read all the way through to the end of the chapter? Even if you haven't done it oh, so far, just, okay, good, okay, good, all right, good. So please do that. And I'm accountable to you because I'm up here and we're going to share some stuff about Proverbs here and there. Um, I want to say um, I found some interesting comments on Proverbs. Uh, I didn't have any comment, commentaries on Proverbs, but I had some other resources that, um, that I used to kind of develop some of this material. Um, and before, I, before we go to number three question, I wanted to uh, uh, share this comment. This is a comment of uh, MacArthur who said, Proverbs contains a gold mine of biblical theology reflecting the themes of scripture brought to the level of practical righteousness Theology, we always think of theology as up here, something we can't understand. But theology has effect on our daily lives. And he's saying Proverbs contains a goldmine of biblical theology reflecting the themes of Scripture brought to the level of practical righteousness, day-to-day -day living, the decisions that we make. And he does that by addressing man's ethical choices, the daily choices we make to do one thing or another. And Proverbs calls into question how a man thinks, lives, and manages his daily life in light of divine truth. So Solomon is actually helping us by talking about specific situations, wide variety of many different situations and many different types of problems, how God wants us to live. And he says, more specifically, Proverbs calls man to live as the creator, God, intended him to live when he made man. So I tried to summarize that by saying, this is applied theology um, in terms of how we live daily. And it's based on what we do in light of God's will. What does God want us to do? I think most of us would try to do what God wants us to do. But sometimes situations are so difficult, we don't know where to turn or what to do. Um, how we live out our relationship to Him, and, and that is what we want to do and these things are designed to help us to do that at first they seem impenetrable because it was written uh, almost 3,000 years ago and uh, and the words are different and the words have changed and their culture was different and it's really hard to pick up but it's worth the effort because there's there's spiritual growth at the end of the tunnel there so this is applied theology in terms of how we live based on what we do in the light of God's will and how we live out our relationship to Him day to day and even hour to hour. <clears throat> okay, number three on your handout. What verse or verses were uh, interesting, made an impression or emphasized a truth or principle as, as you read them? And you're reading since January 1st. Do you have anything that, that struck you that you'd like to uh, talk about or you would like to just point out? Sorry about that. And don't, don't all raise your hand at once. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Connie, Connie. Say it again. What, what chapter? 10, 10, 28. 
Yeah, that's pretty encouraging. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. That, that's pretty encouraging. Uh, if, if you've experienced some dismay during the circumstances of life, that's an encouraging verse. It's like the Lord is my strength and, and refuge and um, fortress. I do, I do love that. Thanks for sharing that. And that word strength in 29 could also be translated stronghold, a place of great reference. And the destruction is to the workers of iniquity. Yes? Um, it just strikes me that as we read through these, sometimes just a few verses later, it's almost the exact same problem. Right. But the slight difference, yeah. just the slight difference in wording can make yeah. you know, the whole, you know, right. go, wait a minute, didn't he just say that? No, yeah. no, there is a difference. Yeah. Or it's split. It's <coughs> Well, it, it's not, I, it, you know, I dare you to read one of these chapters and say I understand everything perfectly, you know, because, because it takes a little effort. And, and I, I found some, some helps for me. Um, uh, one, some of, like Ryrie has some good notes in his uh, reference uh, Bible that really help uh, for, the, uh, for uh, difficulty. So I use that. And when I went to Christian college, I got to go for one semester. I was going to take a year and go to a basic Bible course. And I'd already done a freshman year at the state college in my town, state university. But I wanted to go to the, this Bible college. I got, felt led to do that. Well, the, that was during the time of drafting. And the draft would says, no, you're not going to do that either. I finished the first semester and they said, if you don't go back and catch up, where you started in the state university, we're going to draft you. And uh, I, 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 I thought about that, and that just felt like it needed the wisdom. That decision needed the wisdom of Solomon, you know. I figured, well, if I don't go back, they are not kidding. They're not bluffing. Because I went to talk to them in person. And, you know, they had that mean speech and the hard look. So uh, that was during the Vietnam years, too. So I didn't necessarily want to visit that a wonderful country. And uh, so I decided um, I got uh, one semester, so I went back to the uh, state university, but I got more out of that one semester than any other education I've ever received, high school, college, or anything else, and it was wonderful. What, you, I'm just wondering where were you? What now? What state? Oh, it was in Tennessee, you know, yeah. Oh, they, that was a national federal thing, selective service. And uh, so, yeah, so yes, uh, and I tell you that, that's why I only got one, one semester there and I had to leave and I really, my heart was there. I really loved that. I met some of the most wonderful people in the world. And uh, one of the professors, when my mom died, I went back to pack up her stuff and my sister wanted, you know, a lot of the things, pictures and furniture and, and, and a car. She had a, she had a car, but um, I took a lot of the books. Now, it's hard to ship books. You know, that, that can be expensive. But one of them I found was from a professor, and his name was uh, Gingrich, Roy Gingrich. And he wrote, I found a book there that has just a self-published book by a church that had as an outline of the entire book of Proverbs. Doesn't tell all of the meanings of the difficult Proverbs, but it has, uh, it, sometimes it has explanatory parts after each section and I found that to be a big big help in looking at Proverbs so and and, the, and I knew the author was uh, a uh, orthodox Christian and a devout uh, faithful man that wasn't uh, wrong you have to be careful who you consult because there are many more false teachers than correct teachers I think sometimes so this that this has been a blessing uh, so I say that to, to tell you that uh, um, you should look for uh, some helps are always nice uh, to uh, 
to help you understand uh, the meanings of um, some of the passages. Uh, uh, MacArthur has some readily available material uh, since he wrote so many books um, that you can use to resource some of this as well. But a lot of it is uh, if you just get a usually it's one or two words that are throwing you off. So uh, you can get that sometimes by footnotes in one of the study Bibles as well. Other, other comments on, on uh, anything that you read um, in the last, uh, since January? Yes, Sheila. Of what chapter? Chapter 13. Chapter 13, okay. Okay. I think about this because hope Yes, that uh, I, when I was deployed overseas, I really had strong hope to get back sooner than they wanted us to get back, and often many things prevented that. So, uh, um, Cindy and I talked about that last night. What did what did didn't you comment on the tree of life? What, I was, had notes for it. Okay. Um, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Hope deferred. Uh, you can become, uh, Ryrie says, you can become um, disappointed. So be on your guard against yeah. disappointment because your hope hasn't, what you hope for okay. hasn't happened. We're, we're looking at Proverbs thirteen twelve. Say say that again. I think. No, it says the hope deferred refers. Uh, it, it can be long and drawn out, so watch out for disappointment. Be on your guard against yeah. disappointment. Disappointment can make you bitter. Yeah. Those and often these can have several ideas of what the meaning is because we're a long way from that culture and so there's some barriers to having a perfect understanding. Um, the tree of life is an expression or metaphor referring to temporal and spiritual renewal and refreshment. So that that's, and see, that would be evident to them in their culture, but not necessarily. We don't go around saying, well, that's a tree of life to me. So, yeah, so sometimes those are hard. And that's, I, I looked up and said what MacArthur said. <laughs> that's why I said, yes. Um, that verse was really important to me because um, when you have a life-threatening disease or something, yeah. and you find out you're going to, And I kind of had that situation. And then when God fulfilled us even along in it, that things are picking up, you know, but like you said, we want it like now. Yes. Yes. forget that God has his own time. Yes. Yeah. So you always want to hurry up. Let's get through it. Be done with it. And yet he's deferring that healing or whatever he's going to do his time and when you get to that point you feel like that God is offering you the tree of life yeah. not just helping other things yeah. so for me that was a big thing that I had already learned a few months ago when my husband saw it he goes you, you got to see this first this is really good that's exactly what it happened to me that's when I and, and that's why he wrote these because I wouldn't have got that out of it because, uh, well, I have a life-threatening disease, but I don't, I wasn't imminent. And so that really meant a lot. That was a big encouragement to you. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, 
Because these proverbs are powerful because they're God's wisdom. And that could be a comfort to us. And if we're going a little bit off course, it could be uh, some exhorting to get back on course and uh, re reference. And some of them are a little hard. Uh, I, when Cindy and I were looking at that and we were saying, now which, which of these did we not understand? And so we, we both said, you know, wow, what does that mean? And, uh, but it's worth digging out because there's some benefit to it. Great benefit. And uh, the Lord has, it's, uh, what a wonderful uh, passage. Uh, and there are many um, that are encouraging. Uh, um, let's look at 12.25 here. Speaking of encouragement, um, it says, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop. Um, you know, Sidney and I did some work in the garage yesterday, and I was kind of stooping. <laughs> Got a bit over, you know, from from that not being as strong as I used to, and 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 uh, um, I was kind of tired from that work and uh, heaviness in the heart, you know, emotionally and intellectually. When you come up against those circumstances in life that are very difficult, that really kind of causes us causes us to bend over uh, in 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 the weight of of that problem. But it says a good word makes it glad. And uh, um, I think so often that's the wonderful nature of an encourager who can encourage people in difficult times and by that good word to others. And the Lord uses us. You talked about working in the body of Christ to help each other. And uh, I remember times coming to the church thinking, I'm going, but I sure don't feel like going. That's for sure. You know, this and this is hurting, or that's hurting, or this situation is just—I don't know what to do with this situation. And that's the time. The least I felt like going to church, I, I went and received some word from the pastor's preaching or Sunday school, or somebody came up to me and said something that just. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother or sister. Thank you for your encouragement. Yes, ma'am. When, when I read that, the word stupid, it makes me think of prayer. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. We, that's really... So there's much we can get out of these that would really help us. So I, I know it's a little work because I read one chapter and I go, Whoa! What are we going to say to these people about these 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 proverbs? Um, I want you next week if you would continue. A lot of you raised your hands that you'd continue, and as you take uh, a piece of paper and annotate some of these that you see that you think are really good that we need to hear, and some that are encouraging, or some that are uplifting, or some that maybe touched you when you read them. Um, and uh, you think are really striking. And uh, um, one other one I want us to look at is uh, Proverbs 11.2. Um, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Now, um, I came across that verse when I was studying Colossians and also doing the one another commands. Um, for some reason, man tends to underestimate the value of humility. <laughs> Especially in America, because we're all taught to be prideful and to be able to talk about ourselves and help ourselves find jobs and uh, be able to talk to others about all of our positive characteristics. And th that is true. But pride comes naturally. Humbly, humble humility often has to be taught. And um, the Bible says that um, pride comes and it brings shame. But humility 
is uh, that word lowly is humility. Humility is um, wisdom. So uh, the passage I was reading was talking about humility as a quality and a characteristic. <clears throat> I think is when I taught on character a few a year ago or so, two years. Humility is a prerequisite for uh, Christ certainly was, was humble, but humility is a prerequisite for wisdom. You can't be wise unless you're humble. You have to submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and God in order to learn from him so that his ways become yours and you put aside all your ways and thoughts and philosophies and accept his. And uh, I really loved that thought I'm still working on the humility part. <laughs> Maybe you're working on it too. Because uh, as soon as you say you're not, you're humble, you're not, you know. So, okay. Uh, so what is a proverb here in our t remaining time? And I've got some um, thoughts on that. Um, does anybody have a definition that they would like to share about what, a, what they think a proverb is? We, see, we hear Proverbs all the time and we don't realize it because people just don't run up and say, hey, Scotty, what's your favorite proverb? Uh, you know, out, out in the world. They, they, they don't do that. But we hear them all the time. Uh, early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Those kind of things. Are, that's in the, on the order. And there's a lot of those sayings out there. And maybe your parents helped you with some of those sayings. Um, when you were growing up, uh, here's a, some words from MacArthur. The word proverb means to be like. Uh, quote, the word proverb means to be like. So the book of Proverbs is a set of comparisons and actually contrast too. But comparisons between common concrete images and then life's most profound truths, wisdom. So, and that's how we gain wisdom. So it takes something we know and helps us understand something we don't know as well. Proverbs are simple moral statements or illustrations that highlight and teach fundamental realities about life. Solomon taught God's wisdom and offered pithy sayings, P-I-T-H-Y. Pithy means... Uh, I had to look that up. I know we used to wear pith helmets in the, uh, um, in the military, but it means brief, forceful, meaningful, full of vigor, pithy. Okay, And pithy sayings are very brief, meaningful, uh, forceful statements. So uh, MacArthur is saying, Solomon taught God's wisdom and offered pithy sayings designed to make men contemplate first, the fear of God, and two, living by his wisdom. And he finishes by saying the sum of this wisdom is personified. Wisdom is personified in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Christ is our wisdom. He's the wisdom to us in the New Testament. Um, so what is a proverb? Um, Nelson's book of uh, Bible maps and charts, that's where your handouts came from. Uh, the, second, the second handout, the, uh, the, the outline and then the uh, chart from that book, it said Proverbs provides God's detailed instructions for his people to deal successfully with the practical affairs of everyday life. How to relate to God. Parents, children, neighbors, government. Solomon, the principal author, uses a combination of poetry, parables, pithy questions, and short stories, wise maxims to give in striking, memorable form the common sense, now called uncommon sense, and divine perspective necessary to handle life's challenges. Um, That uh, book that I just held up right here uh, 
says that um, throughout the whole book, Solomon teaches by the means of Proverbs. The Hebrew word, masal, M-A-S-A-L, probably mispronounced it, M-A-S-A-L, usually translated proverb has a broader meaning than our English word proverb. Masal means it has reference to short, pithy sayings, to prophetic oracles, to allegories, to riddles, to instructive poems, and exhortatory, that's exhorting, um, uh, discourses. Um, Charles Ryrie says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the Proverbs are sayings taken from everyday life intended to serve as practical guidelines for successful living. Um, often you can find wisdom in Proverbs to help you make a decision also. You know, one of those decisions or something that's not covered in the rest of the Bible uh, by using the principles in Proverbs. Um, have one what is proverbs so what is why is proverbs so important this is a swindoll he says proverbs accomplishes something no other biblical book does it simply compiles numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth while other books articulate profound theological truths, lengthy narratives of triumph and failure, or prophetic preaching to a disobedient people, Proverbs concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. Um, Solomon recognized the varied circumstances of a person's life and provided principles to apply in a variety of situations. And then finally, what is a proverb? First, what it is not. This is anonymous. A proverb is not a promise or saying definitely or guaranteeing the outcome that is being discussed. You know, it might say, if you do this, you, your life will be long. Well, it's not definitely guaranteeing that. The proverb is the Hebrew word that I just gave you, which means comparison to be like similar, parallel. In short, a proverb is a figure of speech in which the author uses a comparison in order to present a pithy, poignant observation or instruction. A proverb is a timeless truth in the form of a simple illustration that exposes a fundamental reality of life. They're practical, not theoretical, and easy to remember and eminently applicable to real-life situations. So, what is, finally, what is the purpose of the book of Proverbs? Anybody? When Nancy? Were, yeah, when you were talking about the, uh, the word pith, when you were talking about the pith comment, I'm thinking this means protection. Yeah. Wisdom is God's protection. Yeah, that's good. That's very good, yes. Thank you. Yes. Very good. What then, uh, on the heels of that great re response, what is the purpose of the book of Proverbs? Yes, sir. To understand a proverb and the interpretation. Words of the wise. Yes, yes. Understanding of dark. Yes. And, and really to teach, to, yeah, to, that's right. Yeah, to, teach, to teach wisdom. And and that incorporates what you just said. Let let yeah. Let's look at uh, Proverbs one real quick. Um, yes. So looking at that passage, the, all of the things that begin with two, the phrases that begin with two, are. I'm teaching this book too. And he didn't say that, I'm teaching this book too. But the purpose is to. 
Okay, and the, uh, there's to know wisdom and, 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 and instruction in verse 2, as John told us, uh, to perceive the words of understanding, verse 2, to receive instruction uh, uh, of wisdom in verse 3, to give um, uh, um, uh, prudence to the simple, often translated as subtlety, uh, verse 4, to give knowledge and discretion to the young man, verse 4, uh, to help the wise man who's willing to learn. Uh, the wise man by nature always wants to learn because he wants to be wiser. So let the wise man increase in learning and let the man under, of understanding uh, have wise counsel. Now, I came across something. You know, I love word pictures. And the word for wise counsel literally references the steering mechanism on a ship that you, the cables and the ropes that pull one way or the other so it so that you are on the right course so the wise counsel are steerings you know s t e e r i n g steerings to keep you on the right course the other way the other day on the way into the to the uh, to the, ba the back of the base is a two-lane road, and Cindy talks about the most distracted driver that she knows in this, which is me. And so it's raining, it's bad, it's foggy, and we're going to the, to the, to the food store on base. And Cindy says, oh, look over there. And I pointed, yeah, that thing used to be right over there. And the car went right that direction because I was looking at that. And, you know, and she says, don't, do you ever get on the road? Because there's no, there's no shoulder, you know. And I'm going, oh, my. <laughs> so I, my steerings weren't correct. I had to get back on the road and stay on the road. And that, that wise counsel, Cindy's wise counsel kept me back on the road. The steerings. You know, I've got to pull that cable or that rope to get back on the road. And, and I just let, that's what Solomon is trying to help us to do, is to make sure that we have wise counsel. Teach wisdom. You know, um, people often say you can give people fish or you can teach them how to fish. You know, if you teach people wisdom, then they can learn how to live. And I think there's a probably one of the more underrated uh, qualities of a Christian is wisdom because we're more interested in the popular culture and what others are doing, not what is wise and what we should do, perhaps. Um, so I wanted to share that, and our time is up. Uh, so we'll be reading verses 15 through uh, next week is, uh, what, the 21st, so 15 through 21.